My name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. My name is Benjamin Pace. I hope you are having a wonderful transition out of summer and into the month of August, slowly, slowly creeping up on fall. And uh, this is always a fun time for me. I enjoy it because there's a lot of anticipation for the changing of seasons. And um, fall is probably one of my favorite times of year. And so um, as much as I, I love it when fall gets here, I also love the the slow transition into fall. You know, when you walk outside and there's that first hint of fall in the air, well, that just that just does something for me, and I, I don't know why. But uh, in seeking the Lord about this week's podcast and, and what I should uh, release and minister, uh, something unique was quickened to me. I actually had two messages that were on my heart, um, and we've been talking about restoration. We've been talking about, um, you know, God bringing things back together that have been broken and things of that nature. And I have a podcast I, I want to do with my wife soon and touching on some of those things and what the Lord had laid on our heart. But I had two separate messages kind of getting into talking about uh, divine connections and the supply of the Spirit from those connections. And I was actually listening to a message by Brother Keith Moore that he did way back in the day. I think he was actually still teaching in Rama, if you're familiar with him and his ministry, um, he was he was a lot younger. His voice was a lot higher, but he he taught a message, a whole series about it, but a, a particular message that stood out to me. And so I felt impressed to, in line with some of the things we've been talking about, kind of go along those lines. But the unique thing about it is that I feel like there's some other things I, I want to get to. And so because of that, I'm going to actually, by the help of the Holy Spirit, endeavor to condense those two messages and just seek the Lord and follow his leading on how to how to do that. <laughs> so I would ask you to believe with me, but this is already recorded if you're listening to it. So, you know, praise God. But um, I, I want to talk about the supply of the spirit um, and, and, and divine connections. But there's a particular vein I want to go in. And if you'll notice, the title of this podcast is called The Bones of Christ, The Bones of of Christ. And I know that might sound like a, a weird title, <laughs> but I promise you, number one, it's scriptural. And number two, it, it bears uh, a significant uh, significant part of what we're going to talk about. And uh, so I'm going to endeavor to be led by the Spirit and, and to condense these two um, messages together and, and say what needs to be said in today's podcast. But uh, I'm going to start out in Ephesians uh, verse, uh, chapter four, verse one and read here. It says, I, therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness with long suffering forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. How do you know when you're getting off track? It's when you're no longer endeavoring to keep the Spirit of unity. Now, it's not always up to you to keep the Spirit of unity. It's not always up to you to be at peace with people. The Bible says to be at peace as much as it lies with you. But the way you know you're getting off in your own heart and the way you know other people are getting off is when that's no longer the goal. Are you listening? When the, the, the endeavor is no longer to keep the unity in the Spirit. Now, now again, sometimes the Lord will lead you to do things, and you've got to obey the Lord, and, and people don't always like that. And, and, you know, Jesus said, if you love anyone more than me and don't follow me because of them, well, that, that didn't work. <laughs> but there's also a truth in that God's always looking. For reconciliation, we should always be looking for reconciliation in the right way. Now, we don't trade obedience to God for reconciliation with people. That's actually not true reconciliation. It's just surface level. 
and it it's temporary. It won't last. Because the Bible says what God has joined. Ooh, already there's an anointing here. What God has joined, let no man separate. So if God's not first place, then God can't be the glue. What God has joined, let no man separate. If it's a God joining and God's in the middle of it, then he's first place. But if something puts God to the side, then that's just a flesh joining or a soul joining. The Bible talks about in Hebrews that the word of God divides between soul and spirit and the joints and marrow. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're, we're going to touch on this, but there's a difference. You got to divide between soul and spirit when it comes to the joints, the joinings. Man, how am I preaching the end of my message at the beginning? I'm only a few minutes in. Well, anyway, it's coming out of, in my heart, so I'm saying it to you. But uh, we're always endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And in the New Living Translation, it says, making allowance for each other's faults. Now, that doesn't mean you're affirming somebody in something that's wrong. Making an allowance for it, it means making space. Mm, making space for it. God gives us time and space to repent. Well, sometimes you got to give people some space. <laughs> sometimes you got to give them some space, but you still love them and you still let them know that you love them. You're giving them time and space to repent. You're making allowance for them. But that also comes into play with realizing that everybody's got flesh and everybody's got faults. Otherwise, you wouldn't need to make allowance for them. And allowance, well, what is allowance? Well, a parent gives their child allowance. That's the amount of money that they're able to spend because they did their chores or whatever. Well, an allowance is something that covers that. Ooh, come on. Uh, it covers an expense. You understand? The Bible says that love covers a multitude of sin. Now, I can't wash somebody's sin away. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. But I can cover it with love. You understand? This is what... Noah's sons did. We talked about this recently. I think we, it was actually last week we talked about how Noah's sons walked in backwards and laid a sheet over him when he was naked and drunk. Well, that's a fault. But what did they do? They made an allowance. They covered it. They didn't shame him. They didn't magnify his fault. You don't have to affirm somebody's fault, but you also don't have to magnify somebody's faults either. This is all a part of keeping the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And, you know, the heart of a person is more important than uh, their doctrine or, you know, their opinion. David's heart was perfect before the Lord, even though his, his conduct had some rough spots. <laughs> you understand? But his heart was perfect toward the Lord. And so the unity of the Spirit is very important because there is a supply that comes through the members of the body of Christ. There is a supply that comes through divine connections. And if, if there's no allowance for somebody's faults, then you can unhook from somebody you're supposed to be connected to because of something in the flesh, but you're actually cutting off the flow of the Spirit. Do you see, there's, there's a flow in the Spirit with that, uh, with that divine connection, but because of some little fault in the flesh, which we all have, you're going to cut that flow off of the Spirit. What is that doing? That's quenching the Spirit. And this is something we got to watch out about. The enemy's always trying to do this. He's always trying to cause strife, cause division, cause problems, cause offense, get people to despise each other, find fault with each other. I like something I heard uh, Brother Keith Moore say, it's easy to find fault with somebody, but it's not easy to find something better. Ugh, come on. It's easy to find fault, but it's not easy to find something better than what God gave you or what he joins you to. And the enemy is always trying to do this. But he goes on to say, There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. He said, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, he said, When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. He goes on to say he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This has to do with the supply of the Spirit 
that comes through these gifts in the body. And in talking about being edified, that means to be built up, to be nourished up. 1 Corinthians 8.1 tells us that knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So it's not just about what these people know. It's not just about what these gifts know. It's not just about what you know. It's about what you flow. Ooh, come on. <laughs> it's not just about what you know. It's about the flow. It's about what you flow in. You can know something, but what, what's the flow? You know, that's, that's what you're looking for is that flow of the Spirit through somebody, from you to somebody. That's what we're looking for is that flow of the Spirit. Listen, somebody may not know a whole lot, but if they're an open vessel, if they're an open reservoir of the Spirit of God, God can still flow through them to you. And I've been talking in the Verity Vitamins about the whole counsel of God. You know, everybody has a part. Everybody has a supply. And God divinely joins people together specifically because there's something flowing there. There's something flowing from them to you and from you to them. Now, that can be something in the natural. It can be finances. It can be natural help. But there's a supply of the Spirit with divine joinings and divine connections. And the Bible talks about the book of Acts, how Peter, and I believe it was John, after they had been released from prison, they went unto their own company. Well, that's not the whole body of Christ, even though we are all connected in one way or the other, but the hand isn't directly connected to the head, but it is connected to the head through the arm and through the torso and the neck. You see, so we're all connected, but the fingers are connected to the hand because the Bible says God has set the members in the body as it has pleased him. So there are specific joinings that God joins us to. And we need to discern that. We need to discern our place in the body of Christ. Now, I could do a whole podcast on that and and go on that at length. But again, I'm, I'm endeavoring to condense a couple of messages here, but in the NLT, it says love strengthens the church. Um, it uh, Passion translation says love builds up the structure of our new life. So uh, actually, let me read the Amplified to you. It says love edifies, builds up, and encourages one to grow to his full stature. So this has to do with growing up in the Lord, uh, becoming who you're meant to be in Christ, Christ being formed in you. And it goes on to say, till we all come in the unity of the faith. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm bouncing back and forth here. Now, I was just reading 1 Corinthians 8, 1 to you, but now let's go back to Ephesians 4. He said, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Skipping down a little bit, um, he talked about not being children who are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine and, and cunning craftiness and speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in him, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies according to the effectual working in the measure of every part makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So what's he talking about here? From the head... Every member is connected and every joint is supplying something. There is a supply that comes from every joining to edify the whole. There is a supply to edify. Man, I'm in that rhyme flow today. Praise God. Through every joining, there is a supply to edify. And that's what he is communicating here is that is what these divine connections and these divine joinings are for. Now, I've been talking about restoration, and it's because the enemy tries so hard to separate these joinings. Why? Because he wants to cut off the supply. There is a supply and increase that only comes through God joinings. And anytime a part is severed or cut off from the rest, not only is that part affected and hindered, but the whole body is affected. Are you listening? There is a decrease rather than an increase because there's a supply that's not going there. Listen, if your hand got cut off, God forbid, not only would it affect your hand, but it would affect your whole body. 
because there's there's something has been cut off. There's no longer a flow there, and, and you can't use that anymore. That's what we're talking about. This is why the enemy tries so hard to disrupt and destroy divine connections. In Colossians two sixteen, it says, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or in regarding a festival or a new moon, uh, Sabbath or all these things. He said, Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels. It says uh, these people are puffed up in their mind. What did we just read? Knowledge puffs up. And they're not holding fast to the head. Not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. It comes from the head and it goes through the joints and ligaments to the body. It's nourishing and knitting. All the body nourished and knit together. Do you see this picture of divine joining, divine knitting, divine connection? Why? Because there's a supply. And he talks about these people not holding fast to the head. So we see right there that there are some cases where if somebody's not holding to the head, that changes what's flowing. (laughs) So I I don't want to be connected to something that's not connected to the head. Are you listening? So I've got to make sure I'm staying connected to what's connected to the head. Because that's going to be what determines what's flowing to me. And so we want to be aware of what it is we're joined to. You know, there are God joinings and there are man joinings. There are flesh joinings. There are soul joinings. There are money joinings. And if it's not flowing from the head to you, then whatever it's ministering to you is not from God because it's not connected to the head. Do you see that? You want to be connected to what's connected to the head. Now, the only way to do that is through submission and being submitted to people who are also submitted. (laughs) You understand? There's a flow there. There's a connection. And people who are not holding to the head hinder the rest of the body because they introduce strange doctrines. Uh, That's what Ephesians was talking about, not being carried away by all these different doctrines. But the supply of increase comes from the head. Who is the head? Jesus. And he talked about in John 15, if, if you abide in me, then you'll bear fruit. Well, what is the fruit? That's increase. That's multiplication. And it comes from abiding in the vine from the head. But what does it come through? The joints and the ligaments. It flows through the joinings. Now, don't misunderstand me. We all have a personal relationship with the Lord, and nobody can replace that. Nobody should try to replace that. And there is a direct communing with the Lord and a direct abiding in Him. But God designed the body of Christ to have a supply. And even though there is a direct supply from Jesus to you, there are other supplies that He has designed to come through divine connections. And that supply to what he's joined you to, what's coming through that joining, is necessary for you to grow to your full stature in Christ. That's what he keeps saying here. That's how you grow to your full stature in Christ. You won't reach the level of spiritual maturity that God has called you to reach if you are separated from the divine joinings through which comes the divine supply. Are you listening? That's how he designed it. (laughs) You can't say I'm submitted to Jesus and defy his design. You understand? That's how he set us. That's how he designed the body of Christ to operate. So there are some things that are meant to flow to you that will build you up, that will edify you and bring you up to another level in him of maturity and anointing and, and knowledge and wisdom and revelation that will only come through the divine joinings he has ordained for you. Are you listening? So that's what we're talking about, this divine supply. Amen. Which is why, again, the enemy fights so hard to cut off that supply, 
to cut off those joinings. In Matthew 19, 6, I mentioned it earlier, but it says, What God has joined together, let no man separate. Now, I will say this. The only reason I would have to separate myself from someone that God had originally joined me to is if they were no longer holding to the head because there's a wrong supply, and that can happen at times. But the biggest thing is I'm abiding in the vine, and I'm staying connected to the vine. I'm staying connected to where God connected me. Now, I want to kind of go a different direction here with laying that foundation. I wanted to talk about that to go on to this next part. Um, we're talking about divine joinings, and we're talking about divine connections. What is the point of connection? The point is the joint. <laughs> the connecting point is the joint. So when he talks about this divine joining, this divine joint through which comes the supply, this is the point of connection. Are you following me? Where there is a joining, there is a supply. It's like pipes, you know, pipes that are connecting and there's water flowing through them, right? Where there's this point of connection, there is a flow. And so with that in mind, let's, uh, let's look at this in Ephesians 5, verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it, with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loves his wife loves himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourishes, does what? Nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. Now, that scripture that we just quoted about what God has joined, let no man separate, what was Jesus talking about? Marriage. And now he's talking about nourishing and cherishing your wife as Christ does the church. So watch this. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Of his bones. He said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. What is it that Adam said in the beginning about Eve? This is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. We're talking about the divine supply that comes through divine joinings, but again, uh, I, I told you the title of this episode is The Bones of Christ. Why are we talking about the bones? What are the bones of Christ? Watch this. He goes on to talk about husband and wife being joined. The joints are in the bones. Are you listening? The joining, the connection in the body is in the bones. Th that's the foundation. That If you don't have any bones, you're just jiggly legs. You're just jello. There's nothing to you. You can't walk. You can't do anything. You can't. There's no movement without the bones. And he said we're members of his bones. So the bones are where the joints are. The bones are where the connection is. The whole body is joined by the bones. <laughs> and listen, if a bone is out of joint, it hinders movement. If it is broken, it is handicapping to the rest of the body. Is that not true? Have you ever had a broken leg or a broken foot or a broken hand? Does it hinder your movement? Absolutely. The bones have to do with divine joints, divine joinings. It's what keeps the body connected and able to have full mobility and function. So one thing I want to mention to you, even when it comes to, and this is just a side note, but um, transition. You know, I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, but there's a difference between the alignment and the assignment. I'm just going to throw that out there for, for your consideration. The alignment is forever the assignment is not but the way you determine a transition being right is that the joining is preserved are you listening the joint is preserved it's not broken oh there it is see the enemy's trying to break the bones because <laughs> he knows what that will do to the whole body that's why he's trying to break 
the bones. And if a transition or a change is right, the joining is preserved. The joint isn't broken. And the movement is empowered by the joint. Do you see that? But a lot of times people say, well, we're doing something different, but it's, it's burning a bridge, not crossing a bridge. You understand? Bridges are meant to be crossed, not burned. It's breaking a bone rather than the movement being caused by the joining, by the joint. Do you see that? The joining is preserved. And that's why the prime target of the enemy is the bones, the joinings, the joints. That's why he targets marriages. That's why he targets families. That's why he targets targets church families. That's why he targets ministry families. He's going after the bones. And even in mentioning marriage, uh, look at this in Matthew 19, verse 3. The Pharisees also came to Jesus, tempting him and saying unto him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife, watch this, for every cause? And he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall be one flesh? Wherefore, they are no more two, but one fleshed. What therefore God has joined together, let not man put asunder. Let not man put asunder. What cause is he referring to? The joining. For this cause, for the sake of the joining. Uh, Do you see that? Why is the joining important? Because of the supply. Because of the anointing. Because of the flow for that cause, but they said, for every cause shall a man put away his wife. Let me say it to you this way. The enemy is always trying to give us any and every cause why we should sever the joining. Are you listening? He's always trying to give us any and every cause why we should break the bone and break the joint and cut off the supply. He's trying to give us every cause he can think of (laughs) why to to cut off the supply. Do you see that? But Jesus said, for this cause, they shall not be separated. For what cause? For the sake of the joining, for the sake of the supply, for the sake of growing up in him to the maturing of the full stature of Christ. Do you see that? And this applies to more than just marriage. If we understand the significance of the joining, we will do everything in our power to protect divine connections. God joinings for the sake of the divine supply and plan that is a part of that joining. Amen. Glory to God. In 1 Corinthians 12, 18, he said, But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Why? Because there's a supply. And he said, those members of the body that seem to be weaker are necessary. He goes on to say uh, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer. Why? Because when one bone is broken, it affects the whole body. And if one member is out of joint, it affects the rest of the body. If one bone is broken, it affects everything. If one joint is ruptured, It affects everything. It affects the supply. Amen. Now, I will say this to you. In Psalm 51, 8, this is one of those verses that you don't hear too much. (laughs) Uh, David said, Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. See, I think this is one of those things you got to rightly divide it. Because we know God is not the one severing divine connections. The enemy is the one trying to do that. But are there times that some joinings have to be broken even for a season? Yes. If a part of the body is full of something bad that will spread to the rest, it has to be severed. Are you listening? And that's where 1 Corinthians 5 comes in. Sometimes you have to put distance between you and someone else. You got to give them allowance space. You understand? But you can't ever forget this part of that. Hosea 6, 1 says, Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. 
After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. What's that a picture of? Surgery. <laughs> Surgery. Hey, sometimes the doctor has to put you under for a few days and he's got to tear this and cut that. And, and in some cases, some things have to be broken so they can heal properly. But the doctor's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to heal you. But there's a process to that. But what happens after that? They wake you up that you may live in their sight. So I, I think that's a picture of God doing surgery, the great physician doing surgery. And there are some things that have to be temporarily separated for a season because there's a wrong supply. It goes back to what I was saying earlier, but the end result is always healing and restoration. God is always endeavoring to restore unity and peace between people that he has joined. Now, that's a side note. We could spend more time on that, but we got to talk about more than one side of this. That's what I'm endeavoring to do in that. Let me mention this to you. Hebrews 12 verse 11 says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Let it be healed, one translation says. And then it goes on to say, pursue peace with all people. Well, that's what we're pursuing. That's what we're seeking. But there has to be some adjusting sometimes. Sometimes if something's out of joint, God's got to push it back into joint. And that can be painful. That can be uncomfortable. And, and sometimes it's easier to just leave it alone if it's out of joint than to pop it back into place. But God is always looking for things to be properly aligned and healed. That's what his end goal is. That's his desire. And there are times that God has to correct things. But he wants things to be put back into joint. And it has to do with pursuing peace with people. Someone has to be an olive branch in those situations. And God wants to use the mature ones to be that and to do that. But they can only do it if they're staying connected to the head. Do you see that? Because that's how you grow up in love. And that's how you mature in love because you stayed connected to the head whether they did or not. Amen. Glory to God. In the Amplified Bible, it says, uh, Cut through and make smooth, straight paths for your feet that are safe and go in the right direction so that the leg which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Amen. And, uh, you know, the enemy knows that if someone is yielding to something wrong, it hinders that joining. And that's part of why he tries hard to affect that. He, he wants to give us a cause to have to disconnect. And again, there are times when we may have to temporarily do that. But watch this. God not only has a plan for correction, he has a plan for reconnection. Ooh, come on. He doesn't only have a plan for correction. He has a plan for reconnection, restoration, healing, binding things up. Now, I'll say this too. In talking about who God joins us to, you know, the joining is forever. The alignment is forever, but there are different assignments at different times in your life, but there's still a flow and a supply. Even if you're not where you were before, the way you know you're aligned with God is that you haven't cut off the supply. You haven't broken the connection. Maybe you're not boots on the ground anymore with that thing or those people, but there's still a connection there. There's still a flow there. How do I know if there's still a connection? There's still a supply. There's still a joining. And, and that's the thing you want to guard against is when you know God joins you with something, God joins you with a ministry, God joins you with a minister, God joins you with a body, and there's offense and something and the, the supply got cut off. Something's wrong. And listen, you may think that, that you know, well, they're wrong and they did this and I don't like this and I don't like this and that and that, but, but you can evidence the reality by the lack of supply. <laughs> it's, it's not rocket science. If you're lacking something continually, chronically, and you're like, I don't understand. Why, why am I lacking in this? Why am I lacking in this? Could it be that you've shut the valve to a supply that God wanted you to be joined to? It didn't necessarily mean you're still 
boots on the ground in that place. There are different assignments at different times. I could give you many examples in Scripture of that. But is the, is the valve still open? Are you still receiving from the supply? Because if you're not receiving from the supply, you are lacking something that you need. You're lacking nourishment that's supposed to be building you up and edifying you and causing you to grow up into your full stature. And you need to ask yourself, if you cut off the supply there, why? Why did you cut off the supply? You'd think I was, I, was, I was Dr. Seuss up in here today, but praise God, I'm not. But there's a flow of rhyming, I guess. Um, but, but why did you cut off the supply? Now, now, if you were somewhere wasn't right, something good, there's something you could have joined yourself to, and you found out it wasn't what you thought it was, and they're yielding the wrong things, and it's not. I've experienced that, too. In a lot of cases, that was never a divine connection. It wasn't something you were supposed to be connected to. And I'm talking about when you knew God connected you to something. You knew you were receiving a supply from, from that. That's just Thomas the Train saying amen. Uh, you knew there was a supply there. You knew there was a flow there. But you got offended. Maybe they said something that rubbed you the wrong way or you took it the wrong way. Or maybe you saw them in Applebee's and they didn't say hi to you. So you, you just, Who knows? But the enemy's trying to give you every cause, any and every cause, to shut off the supply. And if there's a shutting off of the supply, I'm telling you, you're not going to be nourished up in, in a measure. You may be nourished up in some other areas if you're receiving from some other things. But if God joined you there, there's a supply there. Don't shut off the valve. Don't shut off the valve. There's something there that is a part of your maturing in Him. You're growing up into the full stature and measure of Christ. Now, I want to say this, transitioning here, talking about the bones, you know, comparing natural bones to the bones of Christ, the body of Christ, what affects the bones? That's what I want to talk about for just a few minutes here. What affects the bones? In Proverbs 17, it says, A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. <sighs> a broken spirit What's that talking about? Well, you could you could translate that a few different ways. But what I see is a broken spirit. There's a flow in the spirit that's been cut off. There's, there's something in the spirit that's been broken, that's been severed, that's been cut off. And as a result, it's drying the bones instead of nourishing the bones. <laughs> a broken spirit, a, 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 a severed flow a severed connection, a, a broken joint, broken connection. It dries the bones. In Proverbs 14.30, it says that envy is rottenness to the bones. <laughs> envy is rottenness to the bones. Does envy ever affect divine joinings? Oh boy, does it. <laughs> envying each other. Envying somebody else's position. Somebody else's part. Somebody else's place. What does it say in Galatians 5? It said, don't, don't envy one another. Don't provoke each other and envy one another. Don't envy. Envy will rot the bones. Envy tries to rot the bones in the body of Christ. Proverbs 16, 24 says, Pleasant words are like a honeycomb and sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. So pleasant words, uh, words filled with life, are health to the bones. Health to the bones. But the Bible talks about corrupt communication. It said, Don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of what? Edifying in love, edifying the hearers, that you may give grace to the hearers. Pleasant words are health to the bones. In Proverbs 15.30, there's a lot in Proverbs about the bones. It says, the light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and a good report makes the bones healthy. Listen, uh, what you're connected to, what you're joining to, if it's always a bad report, it's, it's rotting the bones. <laughs> a bad report will, will corrupt and erode the bones. It'll decay the bones. But a good report 
makes your bones healthy, makes the connections healthy. Do you see that? The bones are healthy because of the joining. There's a good report that's flowing. The Bible talks about being delivered from certain people because not all men have faith. And it talks in other places about being nourished up in the words of faith. If you're joined to something that's causing a bad report to flow to you and that's not full of faith and that's not nourishing you up in the words of faith, that will cause you problems. (laughs) That won't nourish you up. But being connected to a supply of faith and a, a supply of spiritual nourishment and a supply of victory and good report, good news, that'll make your bones healthy. Amen. Glory to God. Proverbs 3, verse 7 and 8 says, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So what's something else that's going to strengthen the bones of the body of Christ? The fear of the Lord and the despising of evil. The fear of the Lord and the despising of evil. Well, what's one reason why people don't maintain the connection in the body of Christ that God joined them to? No respect for the connection. No respect for the one whose bones they are. Are you, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? No reverence for the fact that these are Christ's bones. <laughs> if you had reverence for Christ, you'd respect his bones. You wouldn't be severing his bones. They're not your bones. They're his bones. Amen. And if you reverence Christ, if you fear the Lord, you won't mess with his joinings. Ooh. You won't mess with his connections. You won't mess with his joints. (laughs) You won't break his bones. Amen. Glory to God. What else is good for the bones? Well, I'll tell you one thing that's good for the bones. And I, I don't have a picture of myself with a milk mustache. And this isn't a commercial. But milk is good for the bones. Amen. Glory to God. 1 Peter 2 verse 1 says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, all envy, all evil speaking as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So what's something else that causes you to be edified and grow up in him, the full stature of the measure of Christ? Milk, pure milk. That's good for the bones. Pure milk is good for the bones. First Corinthians three, verse one, Paul said, I fed you with milk and not with solid meat. For until now, you were not able to receive it. He said, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal? You're not growing up. Why? Because of the envy, which is rottenness to the bones, because of the strife, and because of the division among you. It's hindering your growth. You're still babies. You're not growing up because of the strife, the division, the envy. It's hindering the nourishment. It's hindering the growth. Amen. Now, in the final few minutes of this podcast, let me mention a few more things to you about the bones. I'm almost done. Um, In Job, Job says something interesting about the bones. Job 21, 24, he said, his pails are full of milk and the marrow of his bones is moist. I'll say that again. His pails are full of milk, and the marrow of his bones is moist. In the Amplified Bible, it says, His pails are full of milk, his veins, watch this, are filled with nourishment. Ooh. And the marrow of his bones is fresh and moist. What does milk represent in, in, in the Word? Well, we just read it in Peter. It's the pure milk of the Word. But it's not just you reading your Bible It's the flow of the word into your life through the gifts and through the joinings. There's nourishment for the bones because they're full of milk. Oh, come on. There's something pure and nourishing in what you're receiving and is doing something to the bones, to the connections. Being full of the word, being filled with the nourishment through the joining of the word. This has to do with being 
connected to the right teachers, the right preachers, the right ministers, the right members of the body that are adding to you, that you're encouraging each other in the word. Amen. Now, I mentioned this earlier um, about the word of God is sharper than any any two-edged sword, and it divides between soul and spirit. This is something that you want to be aware of, that the word of God is what divides between soul and spirit and the joints and ligaments. Again, there are some joinings that are more soul than they are spirit. And one of the things that is an indicator of that is the relationship that that connection has with the reverence of the word or the despising of it. That's something you want to be aware of, you want to be mindful of. In uh, Psalm 22, 14, let me say this to you. This is speaking prophetically of Jesus. And it says, I am poured out like water, and all of my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Watch this. I can count all my bones. I can count all my bones. Does Jesus know his own bones? Does Jesus know his own body? Does Jesus know what bones are connected to what other bones? <laughs> to, to other bones. I said that kind of weird. Does he know? Yeah, why? Because they're his bones. But he said all my bones are out of joint. Ugh. Now, I know this is a reference to Jesus on the cross. But I, I want to get something over to you. If it's his body and his bones, then what happens to his body, he feels. What happens to his bones affects him. Now, that might be a weird concept to you, but what did he say to, to Saul on the road to Damascus? Why are you persecuting me? Why? Because he takes it personally when somebody's attacking his body. And when the bones are out of joint, he feels it. That's why he wants unity. All right, do you see that? Why else would he be so desirous of unity? Because these are his bones. (laughs) They're the bones of Christ. And this is why we should desire to see alignment in the body of Christ for the sake of him, for, for Jesus' sake. We don't want Jesus' bones to be out of joint. We don't want Jesus to have broken bones, but we're the body of Christ, and the enemy's going after the bones. So we want to do our part to maintain what God has joined, what he has connected through the bones. Amen. Psalm 34, 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all his bones, not one of them is broken. That is the ultimate future of the body of Christ. It may not look like it now, but the fullness of his stature is when the body of Christ is free from injury, brokenness, and dislocation. Listen, if you feel like you've experienced a severing of something that you valued, that was precious to you, if you feel like there's been something in your life that you once received from, that there was a flow there, but maybe there was offense, or, or, or maybe you felt like they were, you know, didn't you know, like you, or you didn't like them, or whatever the case is. Listen, I'm telling you, God's will is restoration and reconnection. And I'm not saying that necessarily always looks the same in every situation. But if there was a flow there before, there was a reason that, that that was adding to you, that it was edifying you. That doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody about everything. That's why we started out talking about making allowance for each other's faults. I, I didn't get to this. Uh, this was in my notes, but I, I didn't get a chance to get to it. But I, I'll just reference it in, uh, I believe it's Second Samuel 19. Maybe you could read it sometime. It, it makes reference to a man named Barzillai. Barzillai. And this was a man who, when David was running away from his son Absalom, this man Barzillai ministered to the king, 
and he gave him of his own substance. He nourished the king of his own substance, the Bible says. And whenever Absalom was defeated and David was back on the throne, the Bible says he called for Barzillai and said, what can I do for you? He honored him. And there's a principle in that. Read that, 2 Samuel 19. If you receive something from an elder, you don't have to agree with people in every single situation and every single thing, but we need to honor those who have supplied us in the spirit, the joining, the connection. You don't have to agree about every single thing. You don't have to do everything exactly the same way somebody else did it, but don't sever the joining. Don't break the bone. Don't despise the one through whom the supply came. Now, it didn't come from them. You don't get your eyes on a person and make too much of a person, but recognize those who God has used to bring a supply into your life and honor them. Don't forget them. What, what did the Bible say? Remember those who have the rule over you, who have spoken the word to you, whose faith follow, considering their end. This is a part of honoring and preserving the bones of Christ and continuing to receive the supply that is going to cause you to grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Amen. Hey, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, and you don't know anything about being a part of the body of Christ or the bones of Christ or divine joinings, hey, listen, this is your opportunity to be grafted in to the body of Christ. I'm, I'm telling you, there is a flow and there is a supply in this body that you can't get anywhere else. It's a flow of life. It's a flow of peace. It's a flow of joy. It's a flow of hope. It's a flow of faith. And if you want to be a part of that, well, this is your opportunity. Just receive right now and ask the Lord to come into your heart and acknowledge and confess out loud that you want him to be Lord of your life, that you want to be a part of his body. And if you do that in faith from your heart, Believing that he is who he said he is, believing that he's the one way to heaven, believing that he raised from the dead, then you will be grafted into that body. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> I also understand that I said raise instead of rose. Just, hey, make allowance for my faults, will you? Praise God. Hey, this has been the No Contempt Podcast. I hope you got something out of this today. I'll talk to you the next time you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you, he loves everyone else, and please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ah.